Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Morning, and joining me on the line, as always, Mr. Ethan Valley Dasher Sachs. Ethan, why do people keep putting Valley Dasher in their decks in Concept Tarkir? Well, I'll tell you, I got quite a, quite a few responses. <laughs> you have a list to that now, tweet. yeah. I have a list of reasons of why you should put Valley Dasher in your deck. I, you know, that tweet was just my way of saying this card is bad. Stop playing it. But that was also mid arena open sealed, right? Or no? Yes, for sure. But like unplayable and sealed, I think largely. Largely unplayable and sealed, and I think mostly unplayable for folks that don't know. This is one I read for a two-two with haste. But it has the dreaded text, attacks each combat if able. That's upside, like, Ethan. You can't make a mistake with it. I'm, I'm so <laughs> upset, right? Like, why are you Why are you forcing me to start the podcast off at an 11? Well, I, so I, I could have said known hater of Tarkir, <laughs> Ethan Zach. I mean, I was trying to cut you some slack. I know. Well, we can, you know, we can do that too. I, t- I messaged you. I said, I can be as much or as little of a hater this episode as you see fit. But I find people complaining to be bad content mostly. Anyway, so I tweeted about Valley Dasher saying, why do people play it? And so many people being like, oh, it's like, it's good with these cards, but probably you shouldn't play it. And like Martin Yuza felt personally attacked. And Andrew Ellenbogen <laughs> was like, it was like, oh, I went 12 and three at a GP with two of these. And like, I wanted to say could have probably gone 13 and two if uh, you hadn't <laughs> had these in your deck, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I don't think that card is very good. But I, I've about 60 comments on Twitter <laughs> about why I'm wrong. I, I like Valley Dasher in a very niche deck, I will say. Yeah. Like it's sometimes you need a 2-2 and you're playing an aggressive deck and you're going to play some Valley Dashers. Like, I think that's what you can say for the car. Yeah, but so that's a pretty pretty narrow use case whereas i think a lot of people were just like certainly in sealed as you said unplayable just jamming i'm like it's really hard to have a good aggro deck in this format in general and it's hard maybe it's not hard to have a good aggro deck in the format in general but certainly in sealed nearly impossible well that's one of the things i like as a selling point for the format i think you certainly can have a good aggro deck in the format but at Mm -hmm. at the cost of card quality right like there's some real push pull there like you have to be committed to I'm trying to end the game with way worse cards than my opponent is likely to be playing if you want to play aggro in the format. Yeah. Have you dipped into your the Ben Werney special, the blue green tempo life? Because I haven't either. I haven't gotten it yet, but I've only done four best of three drafts or something. I've been pretty busy this week, so I've not gotten to draft like tons, but it has been a blast doing the four drafts that I've done. And I have not touched best of one. Haven't seen a lick of 17 lands data. I'm living my best life with cons of Tarkir. Oh, I've got a full, my whole other monitor is just chock full of 17 lands tabs that I can't wait to talk to you about. Um, Only four drafts. I can't believe, I don't like, I have not enjoyed this format at all this week and I've done more drafts than you. That makes me sad for you. Time, baby, time. Time Time is a resource and I have a finite amount of it. I know, I know, I know, I know. So yeah, we are mid as as we often are on these Sundays when there are arena opens, which are now like every other weekend, it feels Holy like. Cow, they need to chill uh, a little bit. We are mid arena open run. Uh, I have drafted, not played my matches yet. Ben has drafted, played one match. Victorious, Ben? Victorious on a mole to five, no less. My opponent put me on the play on a mole to five and I turned the tempo around on a mid game. Love to see it. Your opponent put you on the play? What a lunatic. I mean, it's not not crazy if you have a lot of good defensive speed and you're playing a multicolored deck. I think it's a little crazy in the dark. 
I think it was right for them to do in game two. And they also did it game two after I won one game one on a mold of five. Yeah. All right. I could see it. I guess you have some debilitating injuries, et cetera. So you can do those on turn three or turn two after your opponent drops them on turn three, whatever. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our draft logs. We're just going to touch on the format a little bit, you know, see what we, we had our 50 takes last week with our memory of the format. And now we've actually gotten to play it again. We do have some 17 lands data and just check in on that and use the draft logs from our arena open runs as springboards for conversations. Sound good? Oh, I am ready to talk cons of Tarkir. I've been loving it. Let's do it. So first things first, let's do some housekeeping. Chat about the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to give back to the show if they so choose. Show, of course, will always be free. But as uh, as we've been saying the past few weeks, it's the giving season. You know, Christmas is right around the corner. Actually, Christmas Eve is a week from today of us recording this. Uh, and, you know, if you're feeling like giving to someone, giving to yourself, join in the Patreon. And via the Patreon, getting access to the Discord is just a great gift for for you and uh, perhaps your loved ones who also love magic. But yeah, the Discord is awesome. A lot of people, certainly on arena open weekends, we would say that, you know, the high stakes weekends are great spots for it. But you know, the Lord's Limited Discord is just a fantastic community of like-minded, limited individuals. And you can get some nice uh, 24-7 tech support on your draft logs, your deck picks, whatever. And there's tons of other stuff non-magic related in the Discord as well. We've got some, uh, you know, there's a, a big regional championship this weekend in Atlanta. We've got our, our dear friend Mike dropping the news in our MTG news section. So a lot of great way to keep your fingers on the pulse of the magic community at large get access to our show notes get access to the episode a day early ad free and even get access to monthly coaching sessions with me or ben depending on what reward tier you choose so if any or all of that sounds of interest to you head on over to the patreon page and of course we want to welcome our new patrons the first week that they join so this week we're welcoming devin robin joel edward anthony glory luckin chris and michael Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Yeah, cannot say thank you enough. Show is also brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where they've got cool stuff in stock, who we also cannot say thank you enough to for sponsoring this podcast. Really appreciate Cool Stuff Inc. You know, taking us in in that time of need when we were looking for a new sponsor. And we want you to do some shopping over there for the holiday season as well. So whatever you're looking for, magic related, maybe it's other card games, maybe it's Disney Lorcana, they've got tons of different stuff at coolstuffinc.com. They've got booster boxes for you to store in those closets. Maybe maybe the booster boxes take a tour out of the closet. Maybe it's a, a nice solid stocking sized thing. Uh, you can just drop a, little, drop a little booster box in your loved one's stocking, whatever the case may be. Um, but please do all of your holiday Magic the Gathering or gaming shopping over at coolstuffinc.com. Again, where they've got cool stuff in stock and you can use code LOL, all caps, get 5% off your order and to let them know that we sent you over there. We would really appreciate you taking the time to do that. All right. So coming back to cons, some apologies from last week. So we had thrown out that Mardu Horde Chief, or I'll say I had thrown out that Mardu Horde Chief was the Golden Egg Award winner. Well, currently it's sitting atop the, t- the game in hand win rate rankings of all commons in the format. So I think that makes it ineligible as the golden egg. This is two and a white for a two, three, and it has raid. If you attack with the creature this turn, uh, you get a one, one warrior as well. Yeah. Card is a beating. Card's very good. It was chimney rabble before chimney rabble. Like in, in that era, it just gums up the board. And I had floated that I thought it was good, like too good to be the golden egg. Number one on 17 lands is surprising to me, but yeah, I, I, I'm still picking, I think, my first feat of resistance over my first Mardu Horde chief. Personally, yeah, I mean, feet of resistance. I didn't get. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well about if you notice anything different playing the set now versus any memories you have of playing the set 
10 years ago because I like knew basically from like listening to LR and stuff <laughs> that like feet of resistance was good. Yes. But I didn't really like internalize it that well back then. Now I like so get it because you just like you just get to hold up one and a white for like so many turns and you can never as we talked about last week like one of the points being yes they have feet of resistance no you can't play around it like there's nothing you can do sometimes you have like stack wars where like they do something you feed of resistance and then they were planning on that so they counter it or they do something in response but most of the time feet of resistance gets its man yeah i I would say i largely am experiencing the format the way that i remember it but I'm just, I just think about magic differently now. Mm. So like I'm playing the games and drafting the same way. And honestly, I've been trying not to think too much about what the best color, what the best clan is, because I just want to be enjoying myself, which is what I've <laughs> managed to do so far. But, you know, it's it's very obvious to me playing now that like white is really good. And like, yeah, I don't think I was thinking about magic that way, like, white's really good i want to get into white you know what i mean so like i have that thought in my head now and that wouldn't have been in my thought in my head in 2015 or whenever this format came out 2014 but i think the gameplay is largely what i remember like the push pull and like i think this format i I played a a lot of cons back in the Uh day and i think this format is why i like tempo and why i like like thinking about macro states of the game so much like everything i'm good at about gameplay in magic this format rewards like a macro understanding of where the game is at and who should be pushing and how to uh-huh. leverage that tempo and all that sorts of stuff and it happens in big ways so it's very noticeable rather than like the very subtle lci like tempo things so maybe i'm just maybe i'm just not good enough to discern those levels of tempo and i need the big flashy splashy tempo swings and cons (laughs) yeah no i think that's true you know you have a point later on in our show notes about like it is a tempo format it's just those those turns where it really matters are like not the first few turns, not turns two, three, four. It's like five, six, seven or six, seven, eight. But the the decisions you make on turn six, seven, eight determine who wins largely. Yeah. Another mea culpa about a card, you know, we had listed or I had listed the five common morphs, the, the clan morphs. And I had Ponyback Brigade as the last place finisher. That's the Mardu one, three red, white, black for a two, two. And when it's morphed up or cast, um, when it comes into play, you get three goblins. The card is great. It's great. Well, it's great because in an aggressive deck, you get in some damage, and then you flip Ponyback Brigade, and then your opponent can't attack you anymore because you have the board gummed up, and then eventually you draw a Trumpet Blast and you win. Like, that's that's why it's great. Right. Well, yeah, they, they can attack you, but like... You you don't even need trumpet blast though. Like they could attack you with their loxodon, but then you like chump with a one one, and the next turn you can attack for three and leave back another one one. Like it just gives you so many things to do. Rectangles, baby, four rectangles in one card. Four rectangles. That's how you could have sold me last week. <laughs> then I'd be like, yeah, rectangles. So some things that the reason I asked you that question is because some things that I've noticed myself, I, I know that I am playing morphs face up way more than I did 10 years ago. Oh, just man, efficiency like, wise. Yeah. Like I know, like I was like looking at ice feather Aven in my hand and I had green and blue available on turn two. And my like instinct was, I gotta get I gotta value. Wait, I gotta get value. I gotta, yeah. I gotta wait. No, it's a tempo format, baby. It's not a value like, format. Then the fact that that was my like reaction, I was like, Oh man, I had no <laughs> idea what mana efficiency was back then. You know? And the other thing I'm noticing is like, 
my relationship to lands and mana bases in this format is way different. I am drafting much more responsible mana bases. Like, I think my memory was, oh, sometimes you could do white black and that was just a two color deck or white black with a light splash as like your aggro deck. But most of the time you were like full three colors. And now even when I'm like Jess guy, big air quotes or whatever, it's like I'm blue red and I have two white cards. Yeah. And like I'm taking lands super aggressively. I, I just know that back then I was like, oh, the lands will come. I have to take this spell. And now I'm like, I the lands will never come. Maybe this morph is better than the derpy three six I'm going to get later. But I can I know I'll get the three six later. I don't know I'll get the land later, you know, so those are those two big things I just am really cognizant of being different now for me. Yeah, I think I am better about picking the lands more aggressively. Like, for example, in my arena open draft, we probably won't get this deep in my draft. But in pack three, I had one Abzan land and I was Abzan like base black green, but four like true Abzan cards. So I needed a a substantial Mm -hmm. number of white and I only had one Abzan land. And pack three, pick one, I took a white black land over Master of Pearls. And I, I know I would have taken Master of Pearls yes. back in the day, but I like I wasn't base white. I was base black green. So that would have made my Master of Pearls great card. It's a morph that when you flip it up for three white white, your team gets plus two plus two. And I, I didn't have like tons of creatures at the time, but I know I would have picked Master of Pearls <laughs> seven years yeah. ago or something, whatever, you know. There was a, I had a really interesting decision the other day where... Some maybe this was in the sealed run yesterday, but someone played Master of Pearls on turn two, and I was like, "Why would you do that? Why would they do that?" Because I had debilitating injury in my hand, and I was like, "Now this is just a bear. Do I want to kill this?" And then I just was, I just couldn't at shake. I was like, "The only reason you would play this is if you have a raid thing you want to trigger next turn." Yeah, and so I debilitating injured it, and next turn they played Marty War Chief naked like, for the two yes. three. <laughs> Got them even, but then even still, I was like, "This Horde Chief is now a big problem too." But you know, I felt felt pretty good about that. So my current approach, I wanted to just chat about this is like, you know, maybe this will springboard us into some of these draft logs, whatever. But I feel like obviously bombs are important. If I find power, I'm doing my darndest to keep it in my deck at the end of the draft. But those cards don't exist that often. Well, but there are, I think one of the the cognitive dissonance things that I'm having with this format is there are a lot of good rares. I yes. don't mind losing to them for some reason. I don't know what my problem is. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just probably have rose colored glasses on for the format. But like, I mean, the number of times I got Dune Blasted or End Hostilities in the Arena Open day one yesterday was high. And I was Ooh. getting frustrated in the in the Arena Open. But I mean, that's happened to me, too, in the in some of the drafts I've done. And it hasn't largely bothered me. I, I do agree. If you find power, you have to work pretty hard to keep it in your deck. Because the delta between, again, the cards that are great and the cards that aren't is high. I think one of the things that I do like about it is that I feel like my opponents have drafted well, largely, if they are ending up with a lot of good cards, because you have to, Mm. I think the best way to get good cards is to find the open clan and then get hooked up in packs two or packs three, like as people are passing cards or draft the lands and, you know, you get powerful cards late. But I, I don't think the format lends itself to just like drafting on rails where you start Abzan and you hold on to Abzan for dear life or something the way you could in LCI, for example. I, I really like in drafts the feeling of five picks in. I don't know where I'm going to end up. Like I, I value that a lot in a draft format. And I think cons provides that 
in spades. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, so the, the sweepers you mentioned, End Hostilities, Dune Blast, though that's power that you want to hold on to. You know, stuff like Zergo Helm Smasher, that's the Mardu 7-2 haste, indestructible on your turn. Sagu Mauler, we shouted that out last week as like the 6-6 hexproof trample. I, I haven't started a draft yet with Secret Plans or Trail of Mystery, but if I do that I will consider as power to hold on to, to like shape my draft. But otherwise then I, if you know, if I don't start a draft with those, I'm valuing cheap plays like feet of resistance, like debilitating injury and staying open as much as possible. And then I'm not really taking three color cards early or ending up in five color morphs at all without like secret plans, trail of mystery. And I'm not taking lands speculatively usually, but once I know what my base two colors are or what my clan is, any lands that match up, I'm just taking over, I think, literally everything. <laughs> That's a little aggressive, I think. But I mean, yeah, being able to cast your spells is super important. I would agree. I think another thing, if you haven't drafted the format, the difference between, for example, having an Abzan morph in your in your black green splash mm. white deck Versus like an actual armament core or something that is too white, black, green to cast. Yes. Is is huge as far as the implications for your mana base. Like I, I do take three colored morphs pretty aggressively. I'm a little gun shy about taking like the true three colored cards that you have to be able to cast on time with three different colors of mana. Yeah, there was some, I think it, maybe it was like a fake pack one, pick one, or it was actually once cons went live, but some chat in our discord about a pack one pick one and someone was like oh i'm not scared of taking three color cards early and you know there's some wisdom to that of like well you know you're gonna end up in a three color deck in this format very likely and so it's not you know in a regular set where all 10 color pairs are available to you that's obviously a big risk but in this set when it's really like a one of five thing it's more like a guild set pick like picking a two color card in a a five guild set but it's a bit more dangerous than that. Like starting your draft off with something like Warden of the Eye, which is very good, right? The five mana three three returns a spell from uh, your graveyard to your hand when you cast it. Like, I love that card it's, so it's much. Very, it's very powerful, but like I'm a little gun shy of starting a draft. Now that's a powerful enough card that I would take it pack one, pick one, you know, but I'm not, I don't think I'm taking it over a feat of resistance or a debilitating injury, for example, personally. Oh, oh, I agree. And you're also taking a try land over it or things like right. that. Yeah. Maybe even a, maybe even an enemy color dual land or something like that. It's not something that whatever 25 year old Ethan, 26 year old <laughs> Ethan was doing. Like I was just like, Ooh, that car, like I just was valuing power over all else and not really understanding like that power is relative. And it also like something we talk about a lot on the show is like what a pick does in terms of the implications for your future picks and that like taking warden of the eye just already narrows all of the things that you can do in the next few picks in terms of like are you going to stay jeskai or are you going to have to move off of it and both of those are pretty restrictive paths versus taking something like a land or feet of resistance or debilitating injury early really leaves the world open for you right well and that's where i think that the bombs don't bother me so much because i think i think the best way to end up with bombs is to stay open and, mm -hmm. and be able to cast the ones that you actually see and get past late. Like there's no better feeling than, 
you know, solidifying your guild towards the end of pack one. And then in pack three, just getting hooked up with guild card after guild card after guild card, you know, or clan card after clan card, as it were. Mm-hmm. So I do have a little, I can't believe I'm doing this. I do have a color rankings. I saw this in our show notes. And I was like, oh my God, I literally have no interest in this for once. This must be how Ethan feels all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought like, at, I don't know, we're throwing out there. It's probably already in the data or maybe this is wrong and the data says something different. I don't know. But as we talked about already, white, definitely the cream of the crop here. Clearly, I think the best color in the set. That's the only color I have a feeling about. Like I have noticed very much and I've been trying, like I said, hard not to think about it because I just want to enjoy cons for what it is. But uh, it has slapped me in the face that like white is great. And I think if you manage to be base white, like you can be a two color deck almost with any color pair. With yeah. white. Like that, like that, that is how strong white is if you're getting the good white commons. White's white's really deep at common compared to the other colors' commons. Well, it's like really deep at common, but like the other colors you maybe don't even get to past one common, <laughs> right? It's like but like white's got feet of resistance, Mardu Horde Chief, and then like I knock Bonkins, no slouch. <laughs> exactly, right. So like you're like, wow, three good commons. Whereas like black, you're like, there's debilitating injury, and then there's Rakshasa's secret, and then eh, well, and even Rakshasa's secret is not the be all end all. I mean, like I, I left that in the sideboard right now in my draft uh, for the. I, well. I want to know that I'm going to have time to cast it. Well, and also I think you want to know. Like I, I ended up with as maybe we'll see. I don't remember where this happened, but you know, taking delve fodder, assuming that I was going to see something good, and the the only delve card that I have is the three five death touch. Like, Ooh. so it's not great i was like oh i maybe i'm I'm gonna run it just because like i've got two fetch lands like this is gonna be cheap playing one you want to play one delve spell i think in your deck if you can but i'm not then i'm like not trying to fuel it that hard like i'm not playing scout the borders or whatever right for sure well and i do think there's been some grumping like the the format has been fairly polarizing right like i think there have been i think you felt alone on an island in your dislike of it but really i didn't feel alone oh you didn't i I was trying to i was trying to reassure you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But in the Discord, when I was reading through, I was surprised. Like, there were some people that were kind of like, oh, cons was talked up so much, and I don't see what all the hype was about. And to me, the commons being less than desirable is part of the beauty of cons. Like, knowing how to eke out value from those commons and when they're good and how to navigate the game state to a situation where your throttle is playable, you know, instead of, like, largely unplayable. I accidentally misclicked a throttle into my deck... <laughs> towards the end of the arena open and I ended up it ended up being coming through in the clutch for me in in game two but I think there's something to be said for not every card being an automatic two for one like in this format like people are so used to playing with play my creature draw card like like it's exciting to try to set up a two for one and feel like you got rewarded for setting up a two for one and navigating through those game states I I really value that from this format personally well I'm glad well I'm glad you brought that up because I I agree with that that's one of the big things i noticed certainly in sealed was like you know the sealed format was largely pretty grindy i found in my my five best of one runs that i had to do before i qualified for day two and card draw was king like you know the dust settles and you feel like okay well we're top deck warring and then your opponent resolves treasure cruise you're just like oh i lose i lose in six turns but I lose now because of treasure cruise. Well, but your opponent also like had to set up that treasure cruise and get yes. the game to that state. It wasn't like they played a three mana two one flyer that drew them a card. And bitter revelation is just like actively kind of gross as a magic card, like four mana sorcery speed. I almost 
passed through my turn in the arena open also because I was assuming it was an instant. And then I was like, wait a second, let me check. And I looked and it was a sorcery. And I was like, whew, glad I, glad I thought of that and looked. But like, look at the top four, lose two life, put two of them in your hand. Like not a great magic card, but if you can give yourself time in this format to cast it, it, it does do work, you know? Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about drafting and gameplay. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right, Ben, one more week until Christmas. How are you holding up with your air quotes favorite holiday right around the corner? This time of year is a little stressful for me. There's like about a week where there's like five concerts in a row. I've got pep band games on Friday nights, still trying to draft for the the podcast. You know, I've done four cons of Tarkir drafts. I wish that number were up, up, up towards the eight or 10, but like there's just a crunch on time and with a crunch on time usually comes stress. Yeah. No matter what your family or friends do around the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself and the holidays are a great time to do that. Treat yourself, whatever that means to you. Time alone to relax, watching a movie with friends, or jamming a bunch of drafts of your favorite draft format on Arena. We all deserve some self-care, and sometimes we don't even know the best way to do it. That's where therapy can be a great help to empower yourself, learn to set boundaries, or just brainstorm and problem solve. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Lords today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Lords. And now back to the show. So where are you at with drafting? Like I sort of threw out my approach of like, you know, holding on to power, but otherwise like cheap stuff that that leaves you flexible or leaves you open is what I'm valuing early. I mean, I I think largely what we chatted about already, like I really want to stay open. For example, in my arena open pack one, pick one, we'll get to this. Let's just do it. Okay, well, let's just do it. So your day two arena open your first draft and you open this pick pack one, pick one. See the following cards as options. There's a Ponyback Brigade, three Mardu for the 2-2, and when ETBs are turned face up, you get three 1-1 one, one red goblin tokens. There's Mardu Skull Hunter, one in a black for the 2-1, ETBs tapped, and it's got raid. If it enters the battlefield when you raided, target opponent discards a card. Where are you at on the old Mardu Skull Hunter? I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with this card. I, I like it. I mean, I'd, I'd lump it in there with why. Oh, I didn't. I can't. We we teased the color rankings, and all I said was white number one, but I have... <laughs> I have black number two, green number three, blue number four, and and red number five. And I think Skull Hunter lumped in there with you know black's good commons. It's it gets a bit of a, a knock because sort of why I'm low on Valley Dasher. I'm not as low on Skull Hunter, but like ETB tapped isn't great. It's not great. Well, and like if you aren't triggering raid, it's truly atrocious. <laughs> Right. Yeah, like, I agree. You, it, there's some deck building requirements that you have to meet. So I never know when to pick it. Like it's hard to pick it highly because you don't know if yeah. you're going to end up in an aggressive deck. But then I think if I don't pick it highly, other people pick it higher than I do and I don't end up with them. It's just a, an odd card to try to mm-hmm. try to find a home for. But there are in those color rankings to get back to them because, you know, I love some color rankings. There were a lot I of greater than signs ahead of red. You're not, not liking he, red in the format? Valley Dasher's got you down? I think red is pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, like. 
I'll play it, but red, like usually what red at least brings to the table is like, it's got a shock, whatever. It's got a volcanic spite. It's got something like red doesn't have it. Red's removal is quite bad. It's commons, I think, are just largely junkers. So red as a support color, what? What commons do you like? Aerostorm is so juicy, my friend. Yeah, I yeah, but love Aerostorm. But it's red, red. And so it then is. you have to be heavy red. That's such a tough ask. It is, That's, but I, Aerostorm, I Aerostorm is worth it. I love that card. In Jeskai decks, Aerostorm is ooh, so good. Yeah. Aerostorm is three red red, deals four damage to any target, but if it has raid, it's five damage instead and the damage can't be prevented. Yeah, like Aerostorm your face, Warden of the Eye, get it back. It's just like Okay, goodbye. Well, and, there, and there's times you have two Aerostorms in your hand and your opponent doesn't know that their life totals like yeah. three, right? Like, and yes. it's so easy to navigate to a game state where you can go Aerostorm next turn, Aerostorm, you're dead. Also, Cancel is playable in this format, which is so good. So good. Cancel is playable? No way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love a Cancel in this format. Why? Everyone's all the big spells. People are morphing. Yeah, but being able to, I, we gotta t- well, we, we gotta get back to gameplay at some point. But holding up mana in this format is incredibly good. And like you've got morphs, so it's easy to hold up a cancel while you're holding up a morph. Like what your opponents? It is impossible to take any game actions into open mana from your from your opponent in this format. Nah, I see. I see the matrix, baby. I just I read. <laughs> I read people so hard. It's so easy to be. It's just so easy to be like, that's an Abzan guide. I know that. I'm going <laughs> to. You got the I'm soul read, huh? I got the soul reads. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. We, we're bopping around here a little bit to get to yeah. get back to this pack one, pick one. So Ponyback Brigades, Mardu Skull Hunter, and then hopping over to the Uncommons. There's an Air of the Wilds, one in green for a 2-2 Death Touch. If you've got Ferocious, whenever it attacks, it gets plus one, plus one. And then the rare, as we alluded to, Flying Crane Technique, three and Jeskai for an instant, untap all creatures you control. They gain Flying and Double Strike until end of turn. This is a very difficult pick, I think, between... Air of the Wilds and Flying Crane Technique. Yeah, that, that's what I settled down to. And it, it says a little bit about how you want to draft the format, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, sort of like how you want to draft the format, what you and, expect and to happen. And how good you think Flying Crane Technique is, because I think there is some some differences of opinion there as well. Oh, do you, do you not think it's good? No, I do, but there's some people that don't like it. It's not bomb tier, right? Like, it's like a B, B minus, like... You have to have a board state, which isn't right. always true for Jeskai. But if you do, you right. win when you cast it, largely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. But you could also say the same for, like, you know, there's a there's a combo in Jeskai. I'm looking at Barrage of Boulders here in the pack, which is two in red for a sorcerer. Deals one damage to each creature you don't control. If you've got Ferocious, um, power four or greater, creatures can't block this turn. There's a, wor- there's a world in Jeskai decks where Jeskai wants to play the 4-2 Hexproof Prowess plus Barrage of Boulders anyway. So you can kind of build your own Flying Crane technique at common with that 4-2 Hexproof plus Barrage of Boulders because you know they can't interact with your four-powered thing. So you you can just kind of overrun them that way if you're interested in that kind of effect. So that, that makes me value Flying Crane technique a little less. You know, it's interesting. I think had you not, had I not seen what you selected, which is Air of the Wilds, and I had just been presented with this pack, and maybe this is just because Ethan of 10 years ago would have done this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you got to take Flying Crane Technique. But the more I look at this pick and think about what we're talking about, the more I really like the Air of the Wilds pick a lot more. Like, what a great two drop this is. It's a great two drop, and it, it asks nothing of you. Like, and it gives me a lot of flexibility. Right. Like, for many, three different clans to go into. I've still got three clans open to me. I know I've got a premium two drop locked up. 
and I, I can leverage my draft skill. Whereas like taking flying crane technique and like crossing my fingers and praying, I, it doesn't feel quite good enough to me to do that. I agree. Yeah. I like this pick a lot. So took an air of the wilds, but, but back to, you know, drafting, I think uh, similar to what you said, once, once you know where you're at, I'm picking lands super aggressively, like very, very highly, maybe not over everything as you stated, <laughs> but very highly, I want to be able to cast my spells. And I think my favorite thing about drafts in the format is just that I, I don't know where they're going to go. Like in, in LCI, for example, to compare this, because I think these two formats existing next to each other as pretty polarizing formats, like as far as speed and what they ask of you, mm-hmm. like in LCI, largely two to three picks into a draft, I, I know generally what my final deck is going to look like. Or what you want it or to Or what I like. want it to look like. And if I'm not seeing the cards, I'm like, well, crap, my deck's not going to be very good, you know? Mm-hmm. And in, in cons, I don't know oftentimes at the end of pack one, like what the end my deck's going to look like necessarily. And there's so many different decks to draft. There's, first of all, like five clans that are very, very mm-hmm. distinct, but some two color archetypes and then different flavors of those five clans. There's the five color deck. There's just a lot of ways to draft in such a manner as to, to try to make those bad cards good. I think like learning how to do that is a, is a skill. And I think I really enjoy that from cons. My only gripe about the drafting portion is that if you don't open anything powerful or get past anything powerful, which can happen, like because you know, there are bombs, but there's not a ton of them in, in my experience. Like, because the commons are so junky, you can like draft correctly, quote unquote, and end up with a pretty underpowered deck. I haven't done enough to to push back against that. I haven't drafted enough, but my, mm-hmm. and I have I that's not true. My my last draft, I thought I drafted pretty well and my deck's not great. But I think those drafts are fewer and farther between, is what my gut sure. wants to say. Yeah. Than, than in some that's, other formats. I think that's definitely true. Well, and e- even with that being true, I think I'm willing to accept that as the cost of doing business for mm-hmm. a, a different time of magic where you have to you have yeah. to work for the advantages you're getting. And I like that. Like the cards don't yeah. do it for you. That's right. No, you gotta gotta play those six mana four five vanilla so many vanilla creatures in the set just just a swath of flavor text you love to see it at least i do (laughs) you do you personally do love to see it we talked a little bit about gameplay of like reading people for morphs or you know if they have a certain trick you know i definitely have had the experience of like you know reading someone for feet of resistance early and it's not so true that like you can't do anything about it you certainly can like i've all often you know, taken my opponent's attacks at face value of like, well, you're telling me you have something in your hand. You, you're you telling me this attack is advantageous for you. So I'm going to believe you and I'm going to not, you know, block or whatever, not going to try and make the trade that, that seems good. The gameplay I do think is, I don't find it that stimulating personally, but I think there there's a lot of good skills to be gleaned from it or to be enacted from it in terms of trying to read your opponent, tracking you know, information they leaked to you on turn three be being relevant on turn seven, whatever. Yeah, it's not to me so much that I'm trying to peg them for which cards they have. To, to me, the, the two things the game player about is tempo, like knowing how to like swing the tempo race in your favor on like those key turns, like six through eight or whatever, seven through nine, whatever you want to say it is, knowing how to swing the tempo race in your favor there and just having optionality available to you and trying to take it away from your opponent. Like, so for example, in this is just fresh in my mind right now, because it just happened. But in my that game, I won on a multi five, I had a woolly loxodon face down as one of my my morphs. And I had passed with six mana up with the ability to either flip my woolly locks on at my opponent's end step or 
Kraken Abs and Banner or something. I don't remember what my other possible play was, but I had, I had a couple different things I could do. And the only way my opponent could lose was attacking into my open mana. And they they attacked into my open mana. I block with Woolly Locks on, flip it up, and they had a Savage Knuckle Blade that they then, instead of just letting die, they were choked on mana, they spent three mana to return it to their hand. Like already, already choked on mana. So like didn't do anything with it. And then like didn't advance their board that turn. Like they just completely misunderstood. Like the only way they could lose was by letting me leverage mana. And I, I got to leverage mana because they attacked into my open mana. And I think that was a pretty poor play from my opponent there. But things like that in the format, trying to set up where you can spend mana advantageously for yourself while your opponent doesn't get to like the most dangerous thing you can do in this format, in my opinion, is flipping a morph into open mana from your opponent. That's what we talked about last week of that like sort of game of chicken. Cause like you can, you can sort of be like, I'm ready to kill your thing, but you have open mana and you're like, well, I could flip up my morph in response to you trying to kill my thing. And now it's too big or whatever. Or I've got the hex proof until end of turn, or I've got Karu spell snatcher to like steal that spell and then cast it myself. You know, there is like this sort of who's going to blink first in the format that I think is really interesting. It's a dance. Like I could do that dance all day. Like doing that dance with your opponent, like the, well, okay, do you want to do your thing? No. Okay. Well, I I won't do my (laughs) thing then. Okay. Let's just keep going. until somebody breaks like the status Uh quo, but like, you know, like you attack your morphs into your opponent and like they don't block because you have that requisite five mana. Then you probably probably don't flip your morph most of the time unless maybe it's a bullet locks it on and you need to get in that six damage to then like put your opponent behind enough that they like the times when you do flip your morph and you do enough damage that they can't crack back at you. And then they did like no attacks, no blocks. Like I I did that to my same opponent in the arena open today, but just like holding up mana is so broken, which is why you want to play 18 lands in yes. the format. And like, you could even play 19 lands, I think, like, because the banners are pretty atrocious if, you're, if your mana's rough. I do have a banner in my day two deck, which I'm not proud of, but I, I really tried hard to get lands and they just weren't there. But I think if you view the format as a tempo format rather than like this derpy, but it's a tempo format that starts on turn five or whatever, <laughs> instead of on, instead of on turn two, like it's just a different kind of tempo and a different kind of push pull. But knowing how to do that dance correctly is a, is a huge part of gameplay in the format. And, and for example, like something as simple as, you know, feet of resistance is incredible, right? But the, the one in a blue force away the bounce spell, like almost as good also, as feet also as, incredible almost as good as feet of resistance because you get to turn mana advantages and tempo advantages your way like on those key turns your opponent thinks they're going to win a combat with a morph and then you they pay to flip it you bounce it and then they're like just a billion miles behind because they you, you time walked them plus returned a creature to their hand like it's so yeah, broken it's really really good no it's a, a great point i have found sequencing to be a really interesting puzzle because you have so many choices like usually it's like i play my three drop on turn three but three of your cards can be three drops in your hand and so i'm also this goes back to the mana efficiency puzzle as well i'm also thinking about like you know if you're playing something derpy like sagu archer that's the uh, four and a green two five reach that has How dare morph. you, derpy? It is. I, it's look, derpy. It's derpy. It's I'm just derpy. But I happily play it. But that's an example of a card, especially because its morph cost is the same as its cost to cast. I'm much more like this is the one I just want to cast straight up. I don't actually want to play this as a morph and then flip it up because I'm not even getting a mana discount. Whereas you know your Abzan Guide or your Ponyback Brigade, you're getting 
a mana off. And so you're just, and, and the sequencing with the morphs, thinking about when you're going to flip them up, which ones you want to flip up. Flip first, which ones you want to have the option to flip first. Yeah. And where your tap lands slot in along the way, you're like, okay, like even thinking about stuff like, do, is it important that I play this two drop? Right. Or do time? I play my tap land so I can get a morph down on turn three and then double right. spell with a two drop later? Yeah. Yes. It's, I mean, though, th- like, I feel like I am thinking about turns three, four, five, maybe six in a way that other formats don't force you to think about. Yeah. That's why this format is one of the goats. And you know, no one will change my mind on that. <laughs> why would we try? All right. One more break and we'll be back to take a look at the draft logs. Ethan, it's no secret that we're not the best at gift giving. Luckily, gifting is a no-brainer this holiday season thanks to the unmatched comfort and style of MeUndies. From undies and socks to loungewear, MeUndies has the perfect gift for yourself or anyone else on your list. We just talked about self-care earlier. What better way to take care of yourself than by investing in something you wear all day, every day? I totally agree. For Christmas this year, I am stocking my drawers with drawers, my stockings with stockings, and under the tree will be underwear for me. That was beautiful. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. MeUndies has something for everyone, from all-black classics to fun, expressive print sizes ranging from extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. This seriously is the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn. The fabric is soft, breathable, stretchy, and as cozy as the feeling of holding up feet of resistance for an entire game. Knock out your holiday shopping today and get 20% off your first order, plus free shipping at MeUndies.com LOL. That's MeUndies.com LOL for 20% off plus free shipping me undies comfort from the outside in all right so when last we left ben we took air of the wilds over flying crane technique all right we're diving back in pack one pick two the sweat is on cash on the line see the following cards as options there's no good green commons to follow up your air of the wilds with there are some black commons to pair with it as an enemy color pair so sultai scavenger the six mana three three flyer with delve a throttle you're a little less excited about that and a disowned ancestor black for the o4 with outlast one and a black that card has been impressive more than my memory of it uh was i like a disowned ancestor and, and i have gotten to live that dream of Ancestor on one, Kintry Invocation on two to have a two mana four four just doesn't it, even today. Yeah, I was like, I was like in other sets, you'd be like, oh, that's like, that's fine. Even in this set with Force Away, it's just not that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we can we can hope that it'll mm-hmm. uh, it'll get better. So if you move on to the uncommons, there's a water whirl. Rare is that missing from the been pack. Impressive. Tempo, baby. Tempo. It's, oh, it's so true. It's a, it's a tempo format. You're yeah, leveraging about- six mana in exchange for like 12 mana. <laughs> yeah, four blue blue instant return up to two target creatures to their owner's hand well and instant speed interaction as you talked about like you said passing with mana up i'm still not convinced about the counter spells of it all but passing with mana up is so good like if you have water whirl or flipping a morph available to yeah you, like, what is, how does your opponent make effective decisions that turn right like you're just yeah, trying to limit your opponent being able to make effective decisions there's also a mardu rough rider here which is not really in consideration after an air of the wilds it's the the two and a mardu for the five four when it attacks target creature can't block and there's also Armament Core, two white, black, green for a 4-4. ETBs distribute two plus one plus one counters among one or two target creatures you control. So Armament Core is the best card in this pack, right? Just on raw power level. I think so. It's interesting. Like, I think if there were a Savage Punch in this pack, would you just take that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If there was an Alpine Grizzly, would you just take that? Probably not. But I, Probably I, think, I, I not. think I would take Abzan Guide. 
over armament core to stay well, and more flexible. And armament core, I think, probably still even in that respect, better than Abzan guide, but they're so close. And what you were just talking about, like what I find one of the adjustments I'm making from you know Ethan of 10 years ago is that I'm recognizing that the difference between the power of something like Armament Core and Abzan Guide versus which isn't even a stability. And it's choke point in your deck, right? That like Armament Core is an actual five drop. Abzan Guide can be a six drop, but it can also be a three drop. Right. Right? Yeah. Like that flexibility is so powerful. And it's a bit more pronounced when you talk about something like Mardu Rough Rider. I don't even I'm like I don't think that card's very good, but also I'm just like Pony Back Brigade is probably just better, but also occupies the same space in your deck in a much more flexible way. Right. Yeah. And and I think like certainly if there was a debilitating injury, I'd take it here, a feat of resistance, like any of the top single colored comments. Like sure. I'm not thrilled to take this arm in my core here. Yeah. And so it's a card that you like you move off of this. If you have to, right? But it's also, it's also like I don't think it's it, it's a it's a B, right? Like it's a very powerful card, but it's also quite restrictive. Yeah, for me, this was between Water World and Armament Core, and I, I almost took Water World because Water World lets me stay like two color enemy colors to where I could be Teamer or Sultai. Yeah, but, like staking a claim to Abzan here also feels kind of nice. Which, which is the it's the best clan. Right. I think so. That's what my memory is. I, I don't really couldn't say with authority yeah. now that I'm a better drafter. Okay. All right. Moving on to pack one, pick three. We did take the armament core there. So we've got Air of the Wilds and Armament Core. Triple banner in the common slot. You never want to see Yikes. that in the, no, <laughs> the packs no, no, are no. getting passed. No, 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 Ben. Oh, this quadruple is, banner. This is, yeah. this is a quadruple banner pack. <laughs> quadruple banner sitch. Uh, and then the only common I think in consideration is an Alpine Grizzly, two and a green for a 4-2. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a Triland here, Frontier Bivouac, uh, the one that adds Teamer. Yeah. I think this is also a really interesting pick between this and Grizzly because Grizzly is so good with Air of the Wilds, right? Like as a follow-up play to it that then allows air to attack through morphs. I think you still have to take the Triland here. You have to take the Triland because you can move off armament core and like Grizzly ultimately, unless you are in exactly the Alpine Grizzly Savage Punch deck, is filler. I think ultimately. Yeah, that's and fair. So I took I took Bivouac. Moving on to pack one, pick four. Kind of decision time here. So this is an interesting pick. There's Rugged Highlands, which is the red green duel. Just there, Valley Dasher easy, right? Valley <laughs> Dasher easy. There's a Valley Dasher there as well. Uh, there's a Snowhorn Rider, the Teamer yeah. Common Morph, the 5 5 Trample. And then there's an Inok Bondkin, one and a white for a 2 1 without last, one and a white. Um, and then it gives first strike to each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it, as well as Abzan Charm, white, black, green for an instant. Choose one, exile a creature with power three or greater, draw two cards, lose two life, or distribute two plus one plus one counters among one or two target creatures. This is really interesting, especially off the heels of if you had taken Water World into Bivouac. Then, what we're, you talking, ta- then we're talking a different draft. I think you're taking you're, Snowhorn Rider there. Then you're taking Snowhorn Rider. That pick is like really changes the course of your draft. And also the fact that Abzan Charm lines up with Armament Core so well. I think that would I would be pretty much like on that path here in terms of you saying decision time but you know looking down the few there's there is definitely that's the divergent pick is pack one pick two and i hadn't even been considering you know i even shouted out water world so good but i hadn't been considering taking it over armament core but you really can get there on base green blue at the end of pack one sure yeah that was definitely pack one pick two i think is the most directional Mm -hmm. pick of the draft and and here also too i mean 
a little late to go towards Teamer. Like you're never taking Snowhorn Rider here, but a tough decision pack one pick four between Einak Bonkin and Abzan Charm, I, I think. Yeah, I guess my feeling is that cheap removal is so hard to come by that I would take Abzan Charm and it's early enough. Like if this was... I don't know, pack three and you didn't have a lot of lands, then maybe you have to take Bondkin, just like eat your vegetables a little bit. But it's early enough that I'm like expecting that I can see lands that I think I would take charm here. It's it's different if it's debilitating injury, I think, because not just because that card is very good and also solves the cheap removal problem, but it sets you up with Air of the Wilds to be base green black, which I much prefer than being base allied color pair, right? You take take Bondkin and then you're thinking, oh, I'm base green white in my Abzan deck. That's less desirable. Right. I agree. That That's why I ultimately settled on Abzan chart. But again, I'm not happy about like two Abzan true full, cards that aren't Abzan cards. Like, yeah. And I felt kind of priced into taking the Abzan charm here because I send such terrible signals because it is so good if I don't mm-hmm. take it. But like right now I'm thinking... I have to pick lands aggressively mm-hmm. for, for Abzan. And, and I am largely locked into Abzan. Like something weird would have to happen for me to not end up Abzan at this point. But and, would, and it would have to happen like now. Soon. Like you'd have to get a really, <laughs> yes. have to see like Warden of the Eye next pack or something for you to go like, okay, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'm supposed to jump ship. So pack one, pick five after taking the Abzan charm. There's several lands here, blue, white, blue, green, and red, green. No good Abzan cards and, and no real good There's cards no good to speak cards. of in yeah. general. The Glacial Stalker is probably the best card. It's the four mm-hmm. or five blue morph uh, vanilla. God, I love the flavor text. I hadn't really thought about how much flavor text there is. I see flavor text yeah. all over the place. So I took Thornwood Falls as the only land that could potentially help me splash. I, I guess Rugged Highlands also, but I think generally when you're Abzan, more likely that you want to splash a Sultai card than a Mark mm-hmm. card. So I I guess Thornwood Falls over Rugged Highlands. Makes sense. And then pack one, pick six, like packs are drying up hard. Mm -hmm. There's the Rugged Highlands, that's the red-green duel. Uh, There's an Alabaster Kirin as I think the best card in the pack other than Water Whirl. So there's Alabaster Kirin here, three and a white for two, three Flying Bidgey. Another Water Whirl, the the blue bounce spell. And then largely nothing. Um, And again, likely that you end up black-green base Abzan at this point, but not certain so I, I took the, the Alabaster Kirin here. With the two green blue lands, did you think about taking Water Whirl here? Like I, this could this could be us the like the spot where you're like, uh, maybe I move off. It could be, but like why if if that's the case, why did I take Armament Core and Abzan Charm then? You know? Like yeah. if, if I'm willing to move off them, I just shouldn't have if I'm willing to move off them this easily. I guess. Yeah. Like for a water yeah. world, I just shouldn't have picked them in the first place. And Kieran, Kieran wears the counters from both core and Abzan charm so well. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. I was thinking of Kieran as, as just kind of filler plus, but I think you're right with those two cards. I was thinking, you know, it's not that you're, you're not moving off of it just for nothing, not just because it's powerful. You're moving off of it because your frontier bivouac and your Thornwood falls are green blue lands. And I think giving them some power is worth doing. Yeah, I think worth considering. And I think honestly, yeah. the draft would have worked out better had I taken that water whirl pack one, pick but two, but hindsight's yes. 20 in that point. Yeah, right. You can't, you can't draft that way. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because you ended up, you're, you're 1-0, baby. <laughs> 1-0 in the arena open, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to see the rest of that draft, I think for both of our drafts, you're likely going to end up on the, the Lords of Limited YouTube channel. We, I, we maybe don't shout that enough on the podcast. So youtube.com slash at Lords of Limited. Ethan is doing some incredible editing work over there to give you video versions of the podcast as well as some high stakes drafting content. Yeah, we're, we're trying to put up at least one other non-podcast video a week there, but this week will be a bounty. We'll have um, hopefully four 
videos of of two runs for you and two runs for me in the day two. All goes well. Can I uh, can I interest you in hopping into my draft seat? Absolutely. Well, pack one, pick one. We're we're luck luck sacks here, Ben. <laughs> Total luck sacks. Your whole draft. My whole draft is a bit of a salivated. Your deck is quite strong. I I messaged you at the end and I said sent you a picture of my deck and I said my table hated bombs and lands. It's a good place to be. It's a good table to be at in cons of dark here. At a certain point in pack three, I had to just start taking spells over on color lands because I needed to make playables. I was worried I wasn't going to make playables. Yeah. So back on pick one, we open a, a mythic. Bomb, Hooded Hydra. This is X green green. For a zero zero, it comes into play with X plus and plus one counters on it. When it dies, you put a one one green snake creature token onto the battlefield for each plus and plus one counter on it. And it has morph for three green green. When you flip it up, it's a five five. So it gets five counters on it. This card's busted. It's not a bad pack otherwise. There's a couple lands, an opulent palace. That's the Sultai Tri Land, Thornwood Falls, Green Blue Land, a couple of good morphs in Woolly Loxodon, the six seven Dragon's Eye Savants. The one in a blue 06 free morph flip. You can look at your opponent's hand, but you just slam Hydra here, right? Yeah, you slam Hydra. If Hydra weren't in the pack, I think I'd be on Aerostorm personally. Oh, over the Triland? That's crazy to me. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay. I would be on Triland okay. then, Aerostorm. Okay. Yeah, I would not. Aerostorm is not in my uh, on my radar here. Perhaps it should be, but I don't want to set myself down that path. I do love Personally. an Aerostorm. I, I, was, I had my eyes glazed over the Opulent Palace. It's, it's definitely Opulent Palace second. And, and Hooded Hydra falls into the category of cards that I really, even though it's double green to flip up, I really got to make this work. Like, I want to have this card in my deck at the end of the draft. But I, like for me personally, and again, I know nothing about what 17 land says or whatever. I, like if I'm not base white, like base green's where I want to be generally, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love sense. green as a base color. So green green is, is a good thing for me. Well, and you get a, a pretty nice follow up here. You know, there's some good commons. There's the Disowned Ancestor, single black 04 with Outlast, Longshot Squad, three and a green, three, three with Outlast, one and a green, and each creature you control with a plus and plus one counter on it has reach. There's another opulent palace, the Sultai Triland, and a rare still in the pack is Avalanche Tusker. This, this sort of falls into that category of cards that where I compare it to the common morph. So this is two and teamer for a 6-4, and when it attacks, target creature defending player controls blocks at this combat if able. Not only is this harder on your mana, this might just be worse than Snowhorn Rider, right? It might just be worse. It's not great. It looks impressive, like when you just glance at it, but if you really start to look closely, I think not not a great magic card, yeah. I agree. So I, I felt like this was a pretty straightforward opulent palace. I pick. I agree. Love the opulent palace follow up to Hooded Hydra here. You're staying open. You've got a bomb. What's not to like? Nothing. Pack one, pick three. There are three lands in the pack. There's blue, red, swift water cliffs, white, black, scoured barons, and a rare polluted delta. That's the blue, black fetch land. And then in terms of staying green, there's a Highland game a little early for our elk friend here. One in a green for a 2-1. When it dies, you gain two life. And for my money, the best card in the pack is Bellowing Saddle Brute. This is three and a black for a 4-5. And has a raid trigger. If you didn't attack with a creature this turn, uh, it deals four damage to you when it comes into play. Uh, or you lose four life when it comes into play. Uh, Saddle Brute is enormous. <laughs> it's it's good, but it's a black-white gold card. Like, you have no interest in it here, I don't think. Yeah, I didn't personally have any interest in it. You know, with the Opulent Palace, it, it sticks out a little bit more. You know, these decks can attack. I don't think I don't think it's a black-white gold card exclusively, but I ended up taking a land here, and I, I don't know even if I took the right land. I'm curious on your thoughts. You're a filthy rare drafter. You took the Polluted Delta. Wow. 
I am <laughs> full. Well, here was my thought was that Sultai has Delve and Polluted Delta is a dual land that feeds my my Delve spells. No, I yeah, I like Polluted Delta. I think it is the right pick here as well. Uh, and okay. and lines up with your opulent palace. I, I think I would want to solidify Sultai mana like in the dark, not having mm-hmm. a direction rather than like potentially open up an Abzan splash or something. I, I like solidifying the mana when you're not knowing where you're going to go. Yeah. Pack one, pick four. There's another Highland game. There's a scout the borders, two and a green sorcery, reveal the top five cards of your library. You can put a creature or land from among them into your hand and put the rest into your graveyard. Couple morphs, monastery flock, two and a blue, oh, five defender flying with morph blue, Sadissi's pet, three and a black, one, four lifelink with morph one and a black and Mistfire weaver at uncommon three and a blue, three, one flyer morph two and a blue when it's turned face up target creature you control gains hex proof until end of turn. I know that I never cast this on turn four 10 years ago, <laughs> and I have been doing it quite a lot more this week. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mistfire Weaver is excellent, though, right? It's, it's excellent. It's very yeah. similar to a Feet of Resistance type card. I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll be a lot more clunky. Yeah, it's the, the, the three mana, then the three mana. And sometimes you just want to flip it up so that you can attack with it. Hence me feeling, I just feel a lot more comfortable, like, if this is in my hand and like that's sort of my sequencing that I'm like, I'll play a different morph, play this on turn four, then I flip up that morph on turn five. Like it doesn't even occur to me that like, oh, I got to make sure I get value out of this card because that's part of why it's so good is that just a four mana three one flyer is just pretty dang good in this format. Well, and I think that's probably if you're struggling in the format, your biggest leak in gameplay is probably like going for value over Mm -hmm. trying to leverage tempo. Like I think in the dark presented with those two options, I I would steer people towards trying to leverage tempo rather than trying to accrue value. Because there's so many ways with morph, you never run out of ways to spend your mana, but sometimes you run out of time (laughs) to spend your mana if your opponent leverages tempo correctly, or you get blown out on tempo. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I, I took the Mistfire Weaver here, feeling pretty good about like, okay, I'm, I've got two Sultai lands, got two Sultai cards, that fe- but I'm not like locked into that life. That's just where I'd like to go. Certainly. Well, and I think putting our drafts side by side, like I have more power than you. I, well, maybe that's not even true because you have the bomb mm-hmm. and Hooded Hydra. But like, yeah. I, I have a clear direction, but I, I'm in a much worse spot in my draft at this point. Like I'm largely locked into Abzan. Whereas right now with the Hooded Hydra, Mistfire Weaver and, and two lands, like the world is your oyster. Like the only mm-hmm. thing you know is that you're green and we don't know where you're going to end up, which is so exciting. Right, for sure. Well, and then next pack I get, uh, I take a Scoured Barrens, even knowing like, well, it's not a green land, it's not a Sultai land, but... I could be Abzan. I don't have to play Mistfire Weaver, right? Well, or you already get to play Mistfire Weaver for free is the better way to look at it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a single colored morph. Right. And you have and you have the two blue land. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to put an island in my deck for polluted delta for but yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I take the Scour Barons over nothing. I mean, this is sort of why like red is just so clunky to me. Like there's a trumpet blast, the two and a red attacking creatures get plus two plus oh until end of turn. There's bring low. A three and a red deal three if the creature had a counter, it deals five instead. And Canyon Lurkers, the four and a red five two with morph three and a red, like just not great. But the pack is just junk regardless. So it feels great to get to take a land that I can potentially use. Yes, like Scoured Barons is 100% the pick here. And again, you're feeling great about where you're at in this draft. But I just want to shout out too in defense of this format, like 
In LCI, the packs that you see that are terrible, like they're largely just actually terrible. Lots of the cards in this pack are bad, but have homes where they play an important in a role. They play an important role in a deck. Trumpet Blast is irreplaceable in a Mardu deck that wants to go wide. And because it's bad, if you read your seat in the draft correctly, you likely get a Trumpet Blast on the wheel. Like that's what I like about this format is that you get Mm. rewarded because there are cards that are so bad that only go in one deck. If you read that that deck is open, you largely end up with the Trumpet Blast or Routing Mastodon, this five mana two eight. Largely terrible, but you might play a copy in a, in a green black deck that's got a couple Kindry Invocations that really wants to gum up the ground. Mm-hmm. Firehoof Cavalry, the one one that pumps for four here, gives plus two plus zero oh and gains trample until end of turn. Largely terrible. You might run a copy in a, a base white red deck that's got some ride downs, you know? Some Valley Dashers. Yeah, and Canyon Lurker, again, like just I think Canyon Lurkers is a good card in the format. I love a Canyon Lurkers myself to punch through some of those 05s but Mm -hmm. they're they're bad cards like don't get me wrong but they have homes if you draft correctly and i I don't think that is true about packs that are bad in other formats because the aggregate power level in other formats like lci is Is so high that you don't even get rewarded for putting the bad cards in the right deck because they're so bad that even when you use them correctly you don't get rewarded for it you know yeah because people are getting power with not having to work for it like you're having to work for it and it's not even getting there. And then they're just like, oh, I just play this three drop that's going to win me the game. Right. But here, largely, everybody has to work for it, which is why I don't mind losing so much. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, I end up at the end of seven picks. I pick up Abomination of Gadul, pick six, and Ab's Hand Guide, Lucky Boy, pick seven. So I have three lands and four morphs in seven picks. The dream. Secret that's lands dream. one time. <laughs> I know I didn't end up getting it, but I did end up you know, you, for folks who want to look at the draft log. We'll have it in the show notes for folks who want to watch the draft on YouTube. We'll have that there as well. But like just really get the world. Siege Rhino, Villainous Wealth. Spoilers. Spoilers. Maybe they're teasers. They're teasers. Yeah. How 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 can one man <laughs> slap the roof of this deck and hold so many bombs in, in this bad boy? <laughs> And I was trying to figure, you know, because I do think you want some. I didn't see any. I was really hoping for like a treasure cruise, like some way to draw cards. I ended up with, I'm playing one bitter revelation in the deck to dig towards those spells and then not playing. Like I have a weave fate. I have a scout the borders, but those like weave fate, I guess is a two for one scout the borders. Not so much. Like, do I want how much ways to dig towards those powerful cards do I want to have? And I, I'm not sure. You've got so many. You're just going to draw them out natural, right? Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> we're going to go uh, go queue for the second draft here. I think we're going to go queue. Well, not queuing for the second draft yet. We're going to go crush. We're gonna qualify, not oh, queue. Yeah. We're going to queue, queue for our games in queue the British sense. And crush and some then- people. Yes. And then qualify and then for qualify. a second draft. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I, I have no more thoughts. I mean... This format is outstanding and you can uh, if you don't like it that's fine you will not you will not be able to yuck my yum nor would i would i want to it's so rare that you find joy in magic these days ben you know i just <laughs> i don't want to take it away from you everybody's like oh ben's so happy when he's streaming it's great <laughs> All right, good place to wrap us up. Thank you, as always, to Salty Pretzels for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thank you so much to CoolStuffInc.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over there, and you should be heading over there for any and all purchases, please use the code LOL at checkout to let them know we sent you there. And more importantly, to get 5% off of anything you purchase, you can find all of our content. We just shouted out our YouTube channel, but all the links to everything that we have is available at LordsOfLimited.com. 
uh, tier lists, maybe, maybe a KTK tier list. Ben's not interested. He doesn't want to rank colors. They're all his, his beautiful children. He doesn't want to do it, but we have tier lists for, you know, all of the standard sets. Um, we've got merch courtesy of T public. I'm drinking coffee out of my Lords of limited mug this morning on YouTube. We've got links to our YouTube channel. You're going to want to find our day two drafts there, our Twitch streams as well. All that good stuff is available on our website. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at Lords of limited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week on Christmas for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.